0: Welcome to the Upward Spiral, a music business podcast presented by HypeBot.com. Today on the podcast, we are talking to Theta Sandiford, who is the VP of Commerce at Republic Records and Island Records, where she handles Vivo, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Uh, She got her start at WBLS and then became the first black programmer of a major market country station. In 1994, she was nominated for Programmer of the Year by the Country Music Association. Uh, She then moved to Billboard, making her another Billboard alum, uh, and then went on to work at Def Jam. After spending uh, time working at an online game startup, she came back to the music industry, and that's where she wound up at Republic. We're going to talk to her about big data, music streaming, and gaming startups. I am Courtney Harding. I run media strategy for Mizuka, a music startup.
1: And I'm Kyle Boleyn, a user researcher at SoundHound, a music ID and search mobile app.
0: And as I said at the top of the show, we're joined by Theta Sandiford. Uh, say hello. Hi. Thanks for having
2: me. I'm very excited to chat with you today.
0: Awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you on, and it's you know we're both Billboard alums, so it's always good to meet another person who is part of that crew. Um, so I wanted to start off because you posted something pretty interesting on your Twitter feed yesterday. Um, and you posted that, uh, that, what you posted was Facebook recently closed a deal with the NFL to distribute video along with advertising from Verizon. Uh, Republic Records would like to get in on this. So that was what you tweeted. And I'd love to have you elaborate a little bit more about you know, what you meant by that, what you think that could look like, and if you see this as sort of an interesting direction for labels to start moving in.
2: Well, it's interesting because uh, the content that we post on YouTube is, is promotional. Uh, uh, excuse me. Post- content we post on YouTube is actually paid. Um, so even when fans post something, we can claim that and generate revenue from that. Now, you would think that same kind of a business model could, appro- could apply to Facebook. Um, so we've done some testing with some uh, video ads and found them to be very effective um, engagement drivers uh, to uh, raise awareness for other streaming content that might be available. Not so much of a driver for driving something that's download content, but streaming equals streaming makes perfect sense to me. Uh, so I would very much like to see a similar monetized uh, video strategy between the labels and Facebook Um, you know technically I can upload full-length content there and it can very easily go much more viral um, on Facebook because of the how the newsfeed works how people consume content there as opposed to when I upload to YouTube I you know I have to wait for the notification to go out A lot of people aren't reading those notifications. Um, If they land on their page, you might miss that there's a new video that's been added.
0: Right. I mean, is this something that, you know, labels have talked to Facebook about at all? Or was this something you just saw and thought, you know, gosh, we'd love to have that?
2: Well, a couple months ago, I, I had a conversation with Facebook and said, "Yeah, when are we monetizing?"
0: And they're like, "Oh, well, you know,
2: we're doing some tasks and we're uh, we got a couple of advertisers in as beta." I was like, "No, I feel like as a content distribution platform, um, we should be there." So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I had brought that. Co- Question up to corporate a couple of months ago, and they said that they're in the very, very early stages. Uh, honestly, I don't see it happening this year, although it should.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe Mark Zuckerberg's too busy with his book club now. But yeah, that
2: or trying to create contests for Oculus Rift.
0: Yes, um, I mean, what about other social platforms? Do you see, you know, movement in this direction with? For instance, Twitter or with SoundCloud or Instagram or Vine or anything like that?
2: Well, you know, I wish we could on Instagram. You know, it would be lovely to be able to hit a link and link out somewhere. But I I don't think they're ever going to do that. They want to keep people within the network. Um, And it's a great strategy for them, not such a great strategy for marketers um, or people who want to drive commerce that they can directly tie – what actual marketing initiatives they took on the platform and you know see the result on the other end. It's you really have to be very clever to figure out if that funnel is actually working for you or not. And you can say, hey, listen, it's great for awareness, it's great for brand building. I've built the number of followers that I have. I got more people subscribing to me. Um, but it's it's not easy to see the virality of that in the same way as like on Twitter. You could see a retweet. Uh, and Instagram uh, is not uh, currently, I mean, there are tools that you can use to do this where you can see where your regrams are going and what the reach is there. I mean, yes, there's ways to do that, but not within that particular client. Now, Twitter is, being, uh, is definitely taking a headlong um, a step into commerce with some of the commerce deals that they've done. Um, And I think they're taking an interesting step in the right direction where for artists who have direct-to-consumer offers either a bundled album ticket package or uh, some sort of buy this T-shirt and get some other digital product with it, um, that's already up and running. And there have been uh, artists that have been testing this. Uh, I'm waiting for them to expand their the the e-commerce partners that they're working with, um, uh, some of the ones that we work with to build our our artist stores uh, to actually have full integration there. But if you're running a flash store uh, f- flash sale where you want to get rid of you know, you have a box of 500 T-shirts that are still sitting around, left over from your tour. Running a flash sale on on Twitter uh, is a very effective means to, you know, count it down. This is only available for the next hour or so. You can move units on there, and it's it's pretty impressive.
1: Another thing that recently came out in the news is this Havas and Universal partnership. I believe it was called a data alliance. What sort of insights are you hoping to see from that and what sort of revenue streams is the partnership looking to create?
2: I don't have all the details on that, um, because that was a corporate deal, and I know about as much about it as you do, because um, I read about it on uh, uh, on uh, Adweek, uh, and was like, oh, and then I sent a little note saying, can you tell me more detail, and I don't have the detail yet, but uh, from my own personal impression of what I think it could be, and this is not like me as someone who works for a company you know, works for one of the companies under Universal Music Group. Um, I, I think it's very exciting. I do know that we personally use a lot of data to uh, to to fine tune our marketing efforts, to really look at our funnels to see what's working and not working, turn on and off certain levers at the at at at, at certain points. We also work with brand partners, and one of the things that the brand partners often ask us is, um, well, what can you tell us about the consumer behavior of a particular, you know, fans of a particular artist? Um, we're actually collecting this data anyway just so that we could be smarter marketers and um, just, you know, it's just smarter record people. It just, you know, the days, what's so beautiful about digital is we know who our customer is. Um, you know, I think back to 20 years ago, you know when everything was about directing people to brick and mortar retail the independent the the clerk at the store knew more about the customer than the people who were selling to you know to those record stores the uh, the record business really didn't know who the customer was and today uh, you know, we know quite a bit we you know the amount of things people share about themselves through their social profiles and connecting to brands and artists allow us to build psychographic profiles to really better understand what motivates them uh, what type of messages and types of offers uh... get them to vote with their you know with their credit card um, and consume more products so uh... i, I think it's a very exciting time um, and i think it's uh... i think it's a big move for uh, for Universal, and I really can't wait to see what comes out of it. Um, I know on my end, I'm like, yes, tell me, what what have we got to do? Because I'm ready to go.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, so to sort of touch on another topic that I know that in conversations I've had with label folks, corporate is not always super straightforward. <laughs> um, where do you see things going with SoundCloud and the labels this year? Because, you know, they've, SoundCloud has raised a whole bucket load more money but they still only have one label deal in place and you know you can still find major label content on there but the party line has been uh at least from the folks that i've talked to that you know majors can't have their content on there and it all seems very sort of confused and, and up in the air right now
2: well i i can tell you we don't have our content on there um and i you know i love the tool but you know the reality is uh the download business is, is cratering fast, hence iTunes bought Beats because um, they want to be in the streaming market too. And the only way for the music business to survive is to start looking at its content like any other in- intellectual property or like a publisher would. And, um, unless there are terms that are favorable for music to be available for what, what may be free, um, to consumers, uh, you know, music isn't free. Um, and I think that there needs to be terms that where the labels and the artists and our partners and the publishers actually can, can make some money here, um, we just can't give give it away for free anymore. And I think a lot of it has to do with the business model that SoundCloud has chosen. And I, I think, you know, they've raised a lot of money. They got a lot of smart people over there. They will figure out a business model that makes sense for both them and the music business to coexist. But right now, we're pretty far apart.
0: What do you think SoundCloud could offer if they if SoundCloud did, in fact, do deals with the labels and you know ever came to an agreement where you know everyone was was pretty satisfied what do you think they could offer that's not currently being offered in the market like what would differentiate them from Spotify, RDO, Beats, Deezer, etc, etc, etc.
2: I mean the one thing that already differentiates them from all of those uh, uh, other streaming services is their usage already they already have a large audience that that's they're already their number one differentiator. Now, how do they build their product in a way that can m- create more revenue for them and the business? I- I'm not sure yet, and I don't know if it's going to just be a strictly advertising model, which is the current plan that they have. I don't I don't know. Smarter people than me are going to have to figure it out.
1: Right now, experts are saying that music streaming is going to penetrate the mainstream market by about 2018. Do you agree with that? And how, if you do, how does that square with decisions by artists like Taylor Swift to pull their content from the service?
2: Uh, our data is showing that it's going to penetrate by 2017. So uh, we are very bullish on streaming, um, I, I I love my job, I get to talk to the streaming accounts and figure out how we drive consumption. What's so exciting about the streaming model is that in the short term it may seem like pennies but things stream once they get put on a playlist and some of these playlists become like the soundtrack for your life. Um, There's, you know, right now, cardio playlists and various workout playlists are very popular given the time of year that it is.
0: And -hmm. some of those
2: songs that are on those playlists are songs from 5, 10 years ago. And people need to look at streaming like it's an annuity. Um, In the short term, yes, you might make more money initially from that download. But people, when they consume music, they are, they go back to it and over and over and over and uh, I've seen some research from Spotify that shows that the average person listens to, uh, listens to 119 songs um, in the course of a day and sometimes that's listening to the same song over and over and over again. So over time, maybe not the first week that the record is out, maybe not the first month that the record's out, maybe not even the first quarter. But certain in week, in month tw- 12, 14, 16, down the low, you will ultimately make more money on streaming because the consumption still goes. You buy that CD, you bought it once, you listen to it. It's like I buy the CD and every single time I listen to it, the artist gets paid. And over time, uh, that can add up and become rather significant if you like, take someone like Psy, two billion views on Gangnam Style he made quite a bit of money just off on the streaming on that and that's fractions of a penny that added up now granted not everyone's gonna have two billion streams on one video but he does not need to put out another record or do anything else for the rest of his life he's gonna be living off the royalties because that song is still in that video is still going to get plays over time, in perpetuity on YouTube,
0: <clears throat> right? And I think that I mean that's all stuff that you know Kyle and I both agree with, and we, you know, we definitely ag- agree that streaming is is what's going to be big in a few years or what's going to be mainstream in a few years. But then I think you know, looking at looking at that and everything that you've said, you know, how do you sort of square that with the decisions? by artists to start pulling their content, whether it's, I mean, someone like Taylor Swift, who's arguably big enough to do that, or whether it's smaller artists that maybe just don't really understand the model and everything that, like, you've just said, for
2: example. I think one of the challenges that the streamers have is that they haven't done a very good job explaining what it is to consumers. Um, If you look at their ads... Um, audio was running an ad during the Christmas time. It, you know, it was a nice moody ad, but it didn't tell me what streaming is. I don't think consumers know what it is yet. Um, if you, you know, if when I talk to, uh, you know, some of my friends that I'm going to call them civilians that are not in the music business, and they ask me, oh, you know, what is streaming? What's the big deal? <coughs> I tell them it's it's like Hulu. It's like having Netflix for music. As soon as I say that, they're like, oh, I get it. And I was like, and I can get whatever I want. I was like, well, just pretty much anything. You can watch what you want to watch. Uh, you can make a playlist or a list of things that you want to listen to. And then they get it. And it's actually fairly simple, but I just don't know why the the streaming uh, accounts have not really figured out how to explain what they are and what their benefit is, and then you know, when you meet with young people, college students, and you say, "Yeah, for uh, for nine ninety nine, or I guess college students' price is four ninety nine, it's all you can eat music," then they say, "Well, you know what? I I will spend that." Besides being a great deal, it's a it's a tremendous utility that has a, a significant ease of use. Like over the holidays, friends were uh that I had sent the $1 for three month Spotify uh, link to, uh all commented back to me saying, oh my God, I have found the perfect perfect playlist for my holiday party, or I now have the the I don't have to think about what music to take along with me on my run. Um, so uh, the ease of use and uh, as a utility uh, and the fact that it's mobile and you can take it with you. Uh, All of these things are going to actually perpetuate the growth of streaming over time. Now, Taylor, listen, she wanted to have one of the biggest uh, sales albums, but now that streaming is a part of the Billboard consumption chart as of the top of this year, people are going to have to take a hard look at whether they're going to, can they get to number one on that chart without having streaming numbers? And listen, Taylor's a special case. Um, you know not everyone can go and sell um, uh, one and a half million units in one week you know the last time that happened was like ten years ago Um, so if you if you're an artist that is an a label or management company that is concerned about your chart position on billboard the consumption chart is going to drive a lot of people to continue or either embrace streaming because that's a large portion of the the equation to rank on that chart.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the one thing I'll say about the consumption chart, which has nothing to do with the actual content of it, which I think is fantastic and, and very smart is that the name makes me think of, like, Victorian ladies on their deathbed.
2: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> they have TB. But, TV. but, but I'm just is weird. there a
2: better way to say it? Uh, is it, because what, you know, in the streaming model, what are people, if you're either listening or you're watching, there is no one word that says both.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know. I mean, consumption is the, the most, it's the best term. I just you know, I don't know. I, I took a lot of like Victorian literature classes in college. So um, I'm weird like that. But um, I also wanted to well, talk oh, that's about... that's funny
2: because of the image I got was Doc Holliday dying of like TB. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, so you obviously have tons of years in the music business, but you also spent time in the online gaming world and then you came back and... We were actually talking to someone yesterday about in-app commerce for music and how the future could be like selling your songs in Candy Crush. Um, so given your experience with the online gaming world and uh, now being in the music space again, you know what did you learn from your time in the online gaming world and how does that sort of inform what you do today?
2: Well, uh, what I've learned about... In, in online games, you live and die by your churn, your ARPU. I mean we're talking hard marketing, looking at your consumption, looking at your consumer behavior and tweaking the game mechanic to elicit a certain response. Um, that type of thinking I apply to our marketing. Um, a lot of marketing in on the music side is what feels right. This will look good. Um, there's a there's really not a lot of hardcore marketing metrics and with digital you do have the benefit of knowing a lot more about your consumer kind of going back to what I was saying earlier so I use a lot of gamification through how we build the websites how we devise the marketing campaigns how we engage audience to elicit a certain response um, and I think you'll find that there are a lot of tools that are available now that That do that allow people to do that. And there are a lot of apps, uh, mobile communities that allow, you know, perform these certain actions, win these points, which you can redeem towards X, right? A t-shirt, a hat, a ticket, getting to the front of the line to be able to purchase something. All of these are as as all part of gamification. Um, So I think you'll find that there's a lot of gamification uh applied in how a lot of these mobile apps actually get people through the app to one learn how to use it and two get them re-engaged and constantly keeping them engaged uh, I, I think on the mobile side um and in gaming in a way i, I you know I, I reached out to candy crush like two years ago but I don't know if we can sell something within Candy Crush. We probably could license music to Candy Crush, but that's like that's small ball money. I think um, I think there's probably greater opportunities to build artist avatars within and snippets that of songs that could be shared as packages within messaging apps. I think there's a new revenue opportunity there.
0: How about releasing a Kanye single in the Kardashian game? I, I don't <laughs> know if anyone's going to buy it.
2: Like, uh, you know, if, if, the, if, the, if the new music business is streaming, how do you get paid off of that?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, you know, I threw that out there kind of as a joke more than anything because I know that people have spent... You know, hundreds of dollars in some cases. Oh, I've
2: easily spent over a hundred dollars in the Kardashian app. I'm like, I'm a list. I'm totally all about it. I, what I love about it is, is they, they, it take, it mirrors what we as marketers do in real life for our artists, and, and turns it into a game. I just find it so entertaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm in the Kardashian app, maybe there's an outfit that was the, uh, the outfit that, uh, Lord wore on, on the American music yeah. awards. And that is only available, you know, we license her name and likeness. And, you know, again, you know, we'd have to probably do a deal with the whoever designed the outfit but to maybe that is one of those things where you have to use your in-game currency to be able to purchase. So I, I think those it, virtual goods, um, ways in which artists' names and likeness in, with snippets of songs attached to that, I, I think all of that is possible.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think that's that might be the future. That might be what, what happens in 2015 is we're all getting our our music stuff in Kardashian world. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, I appreciate it. If we want to find you on the internet or on socials, where can we find you? Well, I'm,
2: I'm on Twitter mostly. I love, I, I love Twitter as uh, Bond girl with a Y. I'm, um, I'm all over Pinterest. You can't miss me. I'm just my name, Theta Sanford on Pinterest and uh, Tumblr, uh, Austin Yankee. And, well, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I I pretty much do actually look at every single one of those messages I do get. And uh, eventually I do respond to everything. But uh, I'm not hiding on the Internet.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a great day. Take care.
1: Well, that's all for this episode of The Upward Spiral. Thanks to HypeBot.com for helping me put this podcast out. If you have any questions or comments, email us at UpwardSpiralPodcast at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at UpwardSpiralPod. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you like the show, please rate us highly and submit a review. Thank you for your listening.